You're listening to Seven Figure Fitness Business. Today's discussion is going to be about the most important, I guess you could say, some of the essential skills that you need to be a successful fitness business owner. When it comes to making money in your business, there are real skills that you have to be able to develop. Now think about it like training, right? When you're first, when you're starting out as a beginner, you're not going to have a beginner start training like a full-on professional athlete, right? You got to build them up from where they're at. You got to get them moving properly. You got to get them developing the right kind of movement patterns based on like what your discipline is. If you're a fitness professional, you want to start them at the beginning and then develop their skill set to the point where they can do a little bit more of the advanced movements and the more explosive type exercises. It's the same way with your business. When you're starting out, you don't have the skills that you need to be making the kind of money that you would like to be making because it requires a different level of skills to be making $10,000 a month, $50,000, $100,000, so on and so forth versus where you're at right now. You're looking at people who are making that much money and you're like, wow, I just need to join this program. And hopefully this program is going to help me start making $10,000 a month instantly. And you're naive to the fact that you need a ton of skills to get to that level. What do you think are the, the key skills that particularly that people need in this industry? I think starting out, you need marketing. You got to be able to market yourself. And that's like the number one skill that you have to develop to actually be able to make money online or to start the money making process. So you got to be able to market and then you got to be able to sell. If you can market and you can sell, you're going to be able to make money. And then the next skill is you got to actually be able to deliver to your clients because if you can market and you can sell, but you can't deliver, you're going to develop a very bad reputation. And we know some people who have the marketing <laughs> and the sales skill, but they're not able to deliver and have a terrible reputation, but yet they're still able to make money <laughs> because they have those two skills essential to be able to bring in cash from the top end of the business. You've hundred percent got to have something you can sell. A lot of people get into this without an idea. Like for example, you've got to be a fit pro. You've got to be able to deliver on something. The same for any business. If you want to teach languages and you don't know a language, you can't do it. So there has to be in the long term, there has to be something great selling something that people want. Exactly. And if you don't, it's hard for you, it's going to be hard for you to really make it if you have a good conscience and you actually care about what you do. That's why like fitness professionals have a kind of an advantage over a lot of people because we as fitness professionals, we've already developed the skill, the knowledge to be able to help people transform their bodies. So a lot of people, when they start online, they want to focus on building out their fulfillment and building out their program and having all the things that they need there. Because that's where they're most comfortable. But what they're actually don't realize is that they're lacking the first two skills that they need to be able to make a dime and wonder why they're not making any money online is because you already have enough skill in the coaching side and you don't need to focus any more time developing that skill. You need to focus all your time, your resources, all your money is in learning the first two skills if you want to be able to make money online. You're 100% right, E. And I mean, when it comes to this, Really, you can't get away with one or two of the skills. If you've got to have all three of those key core competencies. And I guess like the observation that I've made is that in fitness, it's really common for people that want to be successful not to have the first two, not to know the marketing, not to know the sales, but they're great at the delivery and they're really passionate about it. But when it's the business space, for example, the business coaching space, 
it's really common for people to have the first two, but not the last, which is that they're great at sales and marketing. But when it comes to delivery, that's where it falls apart. And you really can't have one of those core pillars lacking. Otherwise, everything falls apart. And not, not if you want a legitimate business that's going to create stability in your life. You're just a great coach, but you suck at marketing the sales. You don't know where your next client is coming from. If you have great marketing and you're good at sales and you can't keep your clients, you still don't have any stability because you have people, you're dealing with chargebacks, you're dealing with people, a revolving door of people leaving. And then now you have people leaving you bad reviews and your reputation becomes tarnished. And now you don't know where your next client is going to come from because you need all three of them to be able to balance. Gee, what do you see as the, like, the major competencies that are required to be a good marketer? You know, marketing's a huge area, right? Like, yeah. you no, know, I think that it's all very well setting up a Facebook ad. It's all very well putting out posts. But I think that the key to marketing is actually understanding why things actually work because that's what most people do, right? They don't get any form of coaching. They don't understand the system. And they think that by posting on Facebook, they're going to be able to pick up clients. And they put all this time and effort into creating these huge long posts and creating these videos and they don't actually see the success because it's the system behind that. It's understanding what to do. And marketing is so multifaceted. It's like understanding your ideal customer, being able to communicate that message to the ideal customer so they love who you are and they want what you have to offer. It's then being able to put a call to action together some sort of way of tastefully aggressively, as Iggy likes to say, getting people to take action on what you're actually doing because you've actually got to ask people. And once all of this is kind of going, it's then actually understanding the numbers that drive everything forward so that you can make decisions about your marketing to get, you know, whether it's Facebook ads, the cheapest possible leads, or whether it's your time, be able to spend the least possible time to get the greatest outcome with the amount of leads that you get. And what's kind of crazy about it is that even within the marketing side, there's so many different kind of like building blocks that make up the skill that is marketing. You got to be able to brand your business. You got to be able to have like your messaging. You got to be able to have your offer. You got to understand what your market wants and how to deliver it to them, how to communicate to them. You got to be able to get people's attention. Like, how do you actually do that? There's so many different blocks that goes into it. I feel like people become really naive when they purchase a course and they buy a course and they're like, why am I not making any money from this course? This course promised that I would make money. But you see other people go through that course and make money. Well, it's because they already have those skills. And oftentimes when they get into a course, the course is able to provide like the missing piece that allows them to have that bridge that leads to the money in their business. And I think like the skills, it's like, hey, if you're putting out video content, People are going to relate to you more. This day and age, it's kind of what people expect. They need to see video from you so that they actually trust you. And there's little things. It's like within marketing, it's like, how do you get good at being on camera? Like even for myself personally, I went and got further specific mentoring so that I could be good on camera, so that I had someone who could teach me all the little nuances, review the way I communicated, eye contact, and be able to tell me exactly what I need to do. And marketing is absolutely huge. And I think one of the important things to note here is you could like think about this and be overwhelmed by how much there is actually to do. But every time you do a new course, every time you commit time to learning this skill or, you know, you're spending money, you're building something up. And when you look back at it over the course of, say, 
two years, but having studied this subject, all of a sudden you're up here and making shitloads of money. Since we're all in like the fitness space, you think about like for those of you guys who are listening and you're professionals in the fitness industry, even your clients that come to you, if you have a client, if you know anybody using performance enhancing drugs, the drug doesn't make them buff overnight or jacked overnight. They still need to put in the reps. <laughs> like that's the one thing you can't avoid. You can go on all the drugs. You can take all the supplements you want. You can do whatever you want, but you can't avoid actually putting in the reps to develop the strength that you need to perform at the level that you want. And it's the same thing. No course out there is going to replace you having to put in the reps to actually grow. Now, it helps when your clients, like if somebody wants to lose weight and they hire a professional, what's that professional going to be able to provide them? Targeted feedback. They're going to be able to help them avoid catastrophic mistakes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in the gym. And it's the same way why I like to invest in coaches to be able to teach me because they can give me targeted feedback, but them coaching me does not replace the fact that I have to put in the work. I would love to be able to wave a magic wand and then all of a sudden I acquire all these skills, but it doesn't work that way. You have to try, you have to make mistakes, you have to actually implement and do the work and put in the reps. When you're looking at this stuff, there's kind of two levels. You can go to a mentor and you can get the exact copy paste template. Maybe you don't even get the copy-paste template. That would be actually three levels, really. It's just like you're given the theory and logic behind what would work without actually the exact roadmap. And then there's actually receiving that exact roadmap, being able to use that and implement and make small changes to add it to your niche. And then it goes back to the same thing again, which is having the roadmap, seeing how it's done, having some success, understanding the theory and logic behind it so that you have the power to be able to make changes. And it's kind of like once you understand that in marketing, it sets you up for life in business because you understand the process, how to market. And I suppose like marketing stands on its own. It's a skill that once you learn, you can apply it to any business that you use. But a lot of people try and like tie everything together and they don't understand these distinctions. They don't understand the distinction between marketing or delivery or sales. So there's a lot of different buckets that go into it. With sales, AP, what would you say like are the different skills that you need mm. to become a good or even like a competent closer who can close at like 40 to 50%? It's, it's a great question. Like the first thing that I'm always looking for is, I mean, call it a mindset, call it a behavior, call it a skill, is emotional intelligence. And that's rather all-encompassing because emotional intelligence, even though most people think about it as being like being able to empathize and read the room, what it's mainly about is... First of all, you have to understand yourself. You have to be self-aware. So you have to understand where are your strengths, your weaknesses. And when you become aware of your own styles, you're then better able to interact with others. So I'm always looking for people who can, they're very attuned to reading the room. When you're selling, you're literally just hearing someone's voice. So you've got to be able to determine everything from that, their tonality, their pacing. Are they actually avoiding conflict or not? All of that stuff comes into it. And it's a rather nuanced process and it takes constant learning. So the first step with sales is that you've got to be able to connect with people emotionally, but also you have to be extremely disciplined. You have to actually show up every day mentally prepared to get rejected, right? And you've got to be okay with that. And most people aren't. When it comes down to it, most people don't succeed in sales because their ego gets in the way and they don't like getting negative feedback. They can't handle it. Which is kind of interesting because even with the sales aspect of it, even like when it comes to like the emotional intelligence, reading the room, you also need to be able to communicate effectively, right? Like you can have great emotional intelligence in terms of like being able to like know how people are feeling. But if you don't know how to actually say the right words, (laughs) 
<laughs> you can say the right thing, but in the wrong way, <laughs> right? And if you can't communicate effectively to match what you're seeing, then you're not going to be able to get people over the line and actually give you their credit cards. It's that whole two-way communication thing. And a lot of people lack that. It's really common when you're a sales rookie that you're excited. So you spend most of the call talking, not much of the call listening. And then obviously, when you get better at sales, what ends up happening is you spend less of the call talking. But even though they're dominating the call in terms of who's speaking the most, you're actually controlling the call. And you get really talented and skilled at asking questions that have them provide all the information that both you and they need to feel good about making a decision. So you're right. It is communication skills. It's listening skills. It's understanding how to use tonality, pitch, all that kind of stuff. And then it's also about getting much more talented at using key questions so that you can get the result you're looking for. Do you feel like confidence is a skill that you need as well to be able to sell? Anytime I've done interviews before for salespeople, the people that I always like the most are the people that are confident to the point that it's almost borderline arrogant, but they've got it in check. Mm -hmm. You know, um, anyone who you get on a call with and you explain that you're working, say, commission only, for example, if they're terrified, I know they're a bad fit because they don't back themselves. They don't back themselves to be successful. In sales, you have to be confident enough to know that you are either already good at it or that you are a high quality enough person when it comes to all the skills we've just mentioned that you back yourself to do the work to get there. And most people don't have that. And selling is a tough gig because, you know, it's all well and good having somebody correct your marketing, right? But that's not as confronting as having someone say on a 30 or even a 45 minute sales call that you sucked and having to listen to you blabber about nothing. That's quite embarrassing for a lot of people. So you have to have the guts to actually say, hey, I'm not the shit at the moment. I'm okay. Maybe I'm terrible, but I need to get better and I'm okay with that. Most people, like, you know, we have this mastermind. Honestly, every time I do one of my weekly sales reviews, there's about five people that submit their calls because most people are too scared to do it. And the people that submit are usually the best closers. What's kind of interesting is like, they're all almost kind of feed on top of each other. And I think of it almost in like the reverse order. Like if you're the business owner and you have to do sales, like what's the best way to be able to grow in your confidence? What do you think? Like, how do you, how, how can somebody get more confident in their, in their sales process? I always think it starts with self-awareness. I really believe this. The resource that really blew my head off was that book, Mindset, by Carol S. Dweck. And it was basically a book that really triggered me because it's based on open versus closed mindset, which is the concept that if you're an open mindset, you don't really mind if you're not great at the moment because you know that you'll get there by taking the right advice and feedback and getting critical feedback. Whereas if you're a closed mindset, as I think I spent a lot of my years being, I was rated as fairly intelligent at school, didn't always apply work, but I didn't like being examined in case I came up short. I used to win the school athletics carnival and I hated it in case I came second, right? So I didn't like the idea of being examined and coming up short. You have to get rid of that mindset. So the first thing is you have to start practicing an open mindset. Once you've done that, then you can start to work on other key or core competencies first, but it all begins with that. I used to think when I used to go into interviews, when I was uh, looking for work, one of the things that my mentor used to kind of ingrain in me is like, whenever you're starting a new project or endeavoring anything new, you got to be willing to say that you suck and you don't know 
what you're doing, right? But you can say that confidently if you have genuine intentions to learn and you back yourself to have the discipline to work on developing the skills that you need to be great. So I take that and I go into an interview and I'm like, what makes you think that you'd be a good fit for this position? I'm like, I don't really honestly know anything about this job or what you guys even do. I just know that I'm in a very short amount of time that I'm going to become your best employee because I'm going to absorb as much as I can from you. And I'm going to implement aggressively and work on just making mistakes, learning from them, making mistakes, learning from them. And then eventually it's just reasonable to know that if I'm learning as much as I can and I'm actually putting in the work and honing my skill, it's just reasonable to know that I'm eventually going to be one of the top people. Right. And it's kind of like the same thing that I look at it when it comes to like being confident in sales. Like if you know that you have a good product and you have a good program, I may not be polished right now, but you're willing to put in the work to refine it and really help the person that you're on the phone with and you believe and you back yourself to get them results. I feel like that makes it easier to be able to like convince people that you're the right fit for them. If you can't back yourself to deliver somebody results and you don't feel like you're actually gonna be able to help them, doesn't that like actually affect your ability to be confident when you're on a call with somebody? I was just gonna say that some people just have it when it comes to sales, they can sell nothing. They're just talented salespeople, which isn't a moral way of selling. But when you actually have a quality product, you believe in what you have and you have bits and pieces of a script. You know exactly what you need to say and you're learning. I always felt my very best on sales calls after I'd read a book or after I'd done learning or after I'd spent time with UAD because I felt like I was moving forward and I was excited about trialing new things. And what I really love about the process that happens in the program is you get some people who absolutely hate sales. And the amount of people who've said in my group calls where they're like, you know, I hated sales, but now I actually love it. And I think that that's a big thing to kind of take away that if you do hate sales, learn a bit so you can actually understand it. And you'll probably find that you actually enjoy it because you're just selling what you love doing. You're helping people. One of our proudest achievements or one of mine certainly in the program is we've got a guy, I know you guys know him well, Shout out to Michael Beswold. So basically, Michael's the exact type of person who has every reason that he should be struggling on sales over the phone. Amazing guy, great at what he does. But because English is a second language for him, he has an accent, quite a strong accent. So when he was on calls, he could always understand what the person was saying to him, but it wasn't so easy for him to actually communicate what he was trying to say back to them. Because of that added complication, Not only was he learning how to sell over the phone, but he also had to kind of learn how to actually communicate better. That required a lot of work, a lot of work. And unfortunately, like a course just wasn't going to cut it. So he's been booking in with Bobby, one of our sales coaches. And he did it like literally every week for a one-on-one for like a month, two months. And what happened was he was failing again and again and again, but we could see that he was getting better. And that's the thing is he never sort of chafed at the idea. He never complained. I mean, he had every reason to give up and he kept on turning up. And then all of a sudden, one day he made a sale. And then within 24 hours, he'd made three sales. So that was about $6,000 he'd closed just like that. And these days, you know, in our sales channel where people post their sales, he's in there posting all the time and making regularly amazing sales. And that's the thing is like most people, they do their first call. That call sucks. They take it personally and they disappear. He had the guts, the balls, whatever you want to call it. He showed up and he knew that he sucked and he was okay with that. As long as he was getting better every call, he was okay. And I think that's the reason why he's going to be very successful in his business. You got to be confident enough to know that when you fail, it doesn't reflect on you as a person. It doesn't change 
the intrinsic value that you have. So, and that's really a skill set within itself, being confident in that way, because then it opens you up to be able to learn, right? I'm 100% open to being wrong and failing miserably at whatever I do. What I'm not open to is quitting and, and giving up and rolling over and just taking it. And it's the same thing that if you have clients that you're working with, whether it's in person or online, it's the same thing that you try to communicate to your clients. But I find that oftentimes fitness professionals do a great job of communicating a message to their clients. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, you know, it takes time. You got to put in the work. You got to develop the skills. You got to start from square one and build yourself up. But then when it comes to their own businesses, you yeah. know, they think it's going to happen overnight. And often forget to follow our own advice. I'm like, hey, you got to take it one at a time. You got to work on the skills. It takes time. You got to put in the work, put in the reps and actually practice the skills so that you can get to a point where you're making the money that you want to make in your business. How many times does a client come to you and say they want to lose 40 kilos or they want to lose 80 pounds? And they're going, yeah. And then they can't go and set their goals. And they're like, yeah, I want to lose it in six weeks. Right? It just can't happen. It's exactly the same. What's crazy is that if it does happen, it's not sustainable. And you guys know this. People go take unhealthy ways, unhealthy measures to lose weight all the time, but they gain the weight back because it's not sustainable. And it's the same thing. Like if you're not willing to put in the work and you want to hire somebody to just kind of fix all your problem and do it for you, when that person is gone, because you didn't develop this skill yourself, that success is not sustainable because you don't have the skills to maintain it. So no matter how you look at it, you have to be willing to put in the work and develop the skill that you need to get to the next level in your business. And if you're at a point right now where you're not making any money, the hard truth is that you don't have the skill right now to be making the money that you want to make. You can cry about it or you can just roll up your sleeves and put in the work and develop the skill. I'm thinking of another skill that people really need a lot of work on, which is actually the ability to to frame things properly in their minds. And here's an example, right? So with fitness, We looked at all the research on the psychology, which says that positive framing is far more powerful than negative framing. It doesn't matter whether it's weight loss, it's everything, right? So here's an example. Someone who goes around all day saying, I don't want to be poor. I don't want to be poor. I don't want to be poor. If that's their motivation, chances are they're going to be poor because they're coming from a negative perspective. If they're like, I want to be wealthy, I want to be free, whatever, that person, the research is very clear that that person is more successful. Now, when it comes to weight loss, we stop people saying, I want to be fat. I don't want to be ugly. I don't want to be blah, blah, blah. And we make them think about the positives. When it comes to business, I feel like people constantly focus on the wrong things. I mean, G and I, we've been speaking to somebody recently, really nice person, but they have so much fear around failure, getting into a business, mentorship. What if I fail? What if it doesn't work? What if it's too expensive? What if the ad cost goes too high? All these kind of things. And really like, You look at anybody successful and they don't have that mindset. They don't come at things from that direction. What they're doing is they're saying, what are people doing better than me who are already successful in the way that I want to be? And how can I copy them? You know what I mean? How can I get access to their brain? How can I get access to their systems? How can I start taking the same actions that they take? If you develop the skill of being able to frame things correctly in your mind, seek out people who are already where you want to be. So networking, I guess. And then modeling, those skills as well are going to be vitally important in your success. And framing is like one of my favorite things. And I think this is one of the skills that is really powerful. And if you can learn it in in any part of your business, right? If you can frame things properly in the marketing side, you put the prospect in a buyer's mindset, (laughs) 
right? If you can frame things properly on the sales, you make it, you're able to handle objections and make the sales relatively easy. And if you can frame things on the back end, you make it so that your clients actually adhere to the program. Framing is a really, really powerful skill to develop in all facets of your life within your own mindset. And so one of the things that I like to do is like, if I'm afraid to do something, it's like, what if it doesn't work out? But it's like, what if it does? And if you say, what if it doesn't work out? If it doesn't work out, what's the worst case scenario? You're going to be where you are right now. Are you willing to risk staying where you are right now because you're afraid of it not working out? But what if it does work out? What's the upside of it like possibly working out? Your life will be radically different. And even if it doesn't work out, you're back to where you are now. And is that really bad? Because then you get to start over. So for me, I always think about it like the worst case scenario is that I stay where I am right now, still dealing with the problem. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So what if it doesn't work out? I'm back here dealing with the problem, looking for a solution. But what if the solution does work out? My life is drastically different and I'm okay with the risk of it not working out in pursuit of a different outcome versus staying where I am and dealing with the same problem that I'm dealing with right now. That makes sense. 100% man. Like what if it doesn't work out this time? That's really what is missing there this time because the other alternative is what if I'm too scared to fail so that I never try and therefore never succeed? You know, and that's the alternative is that the people that are unsuccessful, they're always worried about failure. The people that are successful, they're always looking to find and model success. Yeah. Obviously, we've been riffing pretty hard on this episode. Anything else that you guys wanted to chat about? The reason why I think it was good that we focus on the first two skill, for those of you guys who might be listening by, what about like the operations and delivery, right? Nine out of 10 times, those of you guys who are listening have the knowledge and you have the experience in the coaching, in the training side of it that we don't really need to even dive into it because that's a skill that you can quickly develop because you already have a vast amount of knowledge and it's just a matter of finding and having the right systems in place to be able to capitalize and leverage that knowledge and skill that you already have. Right? Whereas a lot of people don't have the skill with the marketing and they don't have a proficient enough skill with the sales to be making the kind of money that they want. So just so we close that loop for you guys who are listening, like, hey, what about the other skill? Like, you, you don't really need it right now, <laughs> right? It's not a skill that you need right now. Like, these are the first two skills that you've got to focus your time on developing. And oftentimes, it's out of people's comfort zone because they haven't spent a ton of time learning those different areas of their business that need in order to grow their income. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening into the episode today. Remember, if you're listening or watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe to the channel. If you're listening on Spotify or any other podcast setup, please give us a five-star review and we'll see you on the next episode.